Some episodes might not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of D&D RPG. Roll initiative. Alright, so for our listeners, we will get back to uh, why we skipped the last book. Um, Long story short, the audio was absolutely terrible, so we weren't able to record it, but... um, as a quick little recap, we went to a small little uninhabited island that was probably about the size of two football fields that had a fungus that had been infected by one of the astral shards and caused it to go absolutely crazy. And my personal favorite, the Oatu. Um, the characters were all shrunk down to the size of little ants and they explored to the island and found where the fungus was at nearly dying in a giant tree stump to get the shard and that was pretty terrible yeah (laughs) i didn't like that and uh successfully got out of there um remind me did you guys hang on to any of the carapace weapons i know you got the coconut shell armor yeah you got butterfly helms a dragonfly uh cloak were there any carapace weapons the, the carapace weapons are the really sharp, really fragile, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you get like a plus three to your attack, but if you roll a one, they shatter. Uh, I got a spear, and I got a... I want to say it was a long sword. Okay. Okay, I wasn't sure. That's why I wanted to. Yeah, ask I know. I know. No, sorry, sorry. Spear and a dagger. I got a spear and a dagger. Okay, so you, well, you also got one of those, um, those uh, spider fang daggers, didn't yes, you? Yes, I have a spider fang dagger. I have a carapace dagger, and I have a spear. You're just collecting it all up, aren't you? Well, because the, <laughs> the the expectation originally Mercer had was he was going to take the original weapon he had that he traded off to the vendor. And he was actually going to shatter it into a bunch of small shrapnel pieces and use it as a shrapnel blast. A one-time use with your your catapult? Mm-hmm. <coughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you a question out of game real quick. Why not just keep it as a weapon, use catapult on it, and then grab it, and then reuse catapult on it again as a weapon? Because the weapon takes the same amount of damage. Oh, uh, it's going to shatter it anyway. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> so it, it's kind of one of the it, it's one of those I know that the, the pieces Mercer knows the pieces are like razor sharp and the fact that they'd be shattered into a bunch of like tiny little pieces you know theory catapulting a bunch of shrapnel is going to hurt like uh, nobody's business <laughs> It's it's kind of one of his. It, it's it's kind it's of one of his. It's a catch twenty two. Either way you do, look at it. it it's 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 kind of like he's thinking it's like one of his hail mary things. Like he's like, oh crap! Like I really need to hurt this dude, and we're in really bad shape. Uh, massive shrapnel blast of tiny little thousand razor blades. See how you like that? Death by a thousand cuts. They put ketchup all over the sandwich. Oh, oh no! My gosh. Oh my gosh! It's all over. <laughs> all right, so in and out of the bone. That's kind of what he was thinking. All right, but you guys, and you also were able to save the heart of Gaius, the original traveler who tried to go there and help save the island. 
he got turned into some weird fungus clone thing that kept popping up over and over and over again. And you knew it was coming from the... Well, you thought it was coming from the fungus, but you didn't know it was coming from the fungus until you guys got there to fight it and it spit another clone out. And it's like, oh, you're the one doing that. Yeah. Rude. But the Heart of Gaius got added to the ship. Um, it provides an excessive amount of vegetation, I think it said. Yeah, it basically produces us enough uh, food um, that we don't have to worry about having crops anymore. Right. Um, so it's got two abilities. The first one is Renewing Bounty. The bounty provided by the Heart of Gaius Garden means that the ship's larders are always full of fresh produce and soothing herbs. Yep. While aboard the ship, you can spend a hit die to recover hit points to recover the maximum number of hit points possible. Yes. And then it also has Speak with Plants, which is the Heart of Gaius is able to commune with plants and humanoids alike. Once per day, the Heart of Gaius can speak with plants as the spell. So, you have that. You still have Bolo, who can do a variety of blacksmithing and stuff. Um, as well as create his little gizmos that can be used once every once a day for like 24 hours and you guys got back to the ship and you set sail to try to figure out where the next piece was at and the compass is now leading you to where the heck is that the Labyrinth Basin. Ooh. It's in the far reaches of the oceans. And from what you've heard, sailors of all stripes avoid the vast region of barren seas known as the Basin. Sea creatures are rare here, and fishing rarely yields catches. Birds and other flying beasts have been seen navigating hundreds of miles off their usual paths just to avoid the area. Though few have voyaged here, many rumors swirl amongst the seafarers about the basin of sailors that are lured into the other realms, never to be seen again. Ghost ships in the night, pillars of spinning water, and ripping boats apart, and other stories even more fantastic. And while the basin is technically part of Lux's territory, it's well known that the dragon forbids her offspring from ever entering the area. So it's essentially a natural blind spot to Lux. Which, you don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. And as soon as you guys figure out that's the direction you're going in, Hal is just losing his mind. Like, are you out of, are you crazy? You actually want to go there? Come on, man. It's not going to be Don't have a choice. It's not going to be that bad. Death. That's the only word I can say right now is death. Hal, have you seen the other scripts we've gotten into? I think it's going to be all right. I was going to say, it's no different than Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it's a typical Tuesday. <laughs> oh, you've got to be kidding me. Um, everybody give me perception checks. No, she swings down below. She doesn't get to see. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't think they're going to see a dang thing. Seeks. He's just chilling in the crow's nest. Okay. What did uh, Sol- uh, Zab- Esther. Zabak and Esther get? Esther got an 11. And what did Zabak get? 8. 
<laughs> okay. So, you guys are all talking, and you see Hal just kind of stop and start staring past you. Well, I, from Mercer's perspective, he sees Hal now looking dead ahead with this weird look on his face while you're looking down on him. I turn and look in the uh, direction he's looking. Yeah. And Hal goes, no, 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 not, not out on the water. Right below you. Oh, down. As you guys start to see this weird swirling magic sort of create what looks like an archway. Oh, man, I don't like this. And Cedrail appears. Oh. Right here at the base of the ship, right below where the crow's nest is at. Hey, buddy. And you see this ongoing flow of magic in like an arcane circle right where he's standing. And he goes, how be it actually worked? What's up, man? Hi, guys. I lean over. Greetings. He's a back in Oh, good grief as he looks up at you. Yeah, because the crow's nest is now like a full, like, encompassed, like, I got, it's like my own little living quarter now. <laughs> you still only have about five feet of space up there. I'm a three foot dude. <laughs> I got two foot of extra space. I'm solid. That's taking minimalism to the extreme. Hey, it works for Mercer. He has, a, he has his bag of holding that everything fits in. So all he has to do in that little spot is hang it. And it's everything he needs is right where it needs to be. Boom. So he looks at you guys and goes, well, if you'll be quick, I only have about a minute before the spell ends, and then I'm going to disappear. Interestingly enough, we came across some interesting discoveries with other adventurers from the Adventurers Guild, and one of them brought back a series of scrolls that turns out one of those scrolls allows you to temporarily sort of, in an illusion sort of way, temporarily teleport to another spot. Oh. Uh, that's going to be because that's magic. Uh, that's going to be a 19. No, sorry. A 21 arcana to know of things like astral projection and things like that. Similar to astral projection, but there's aspects of it that don't sound familiar to you as well. He, he, yeah, when he says that, he's like, oh, so you kind of mean like astral projection? Kind of. Um. But it doesn't last very long. One of our groups of adventurers went and helped out a village up in the northern mountains. And as thanks for their help, sent them back with a very large load of mithril. Ooh, we like I was able to take some of that mithril and have the local blacksmiths here in Greywold. Gray. Gray. gray uh, shoot. Is that what it's called? It's been so long since we've been there. I, but you know, the hometown that he's from. Yeah. Uh, construct some basic weapons. So if there's a weapon out of Mithril you guys want, it's nothing special other than indestructible. I need to know what it is, and I need to know now so I can give it to you. Ooh, I, I want my weight bar, but Mithril. A quarter staff made out of Mithril? Yeah, man. Okay. But also, it's got retractable spikes. No, it, uh, no. I can't do that. You said simple. What, whatever kind of weapons your your characters are able to use, he had enough mithril to have a variety of different weapons made. Most of which got turned around to be sold, but he still has a bunch of them. So he's willing to give you guys some. He does have a long bar of mithril that's equivalent worth uh, to 
a quarter staff. So he he like halfway disappears from the circle for a second, as if he's like stepping out of view. He pulls one back and he he has it's weird the way he has to do this. He sets it down and then he pushes it so it falls on on deck but out of the circle. So it's, it almost it almost plane shifts. Almost, yeah. Um, what's the chance instead of weapon you have armor? <laughs> I have armor being made, but it's going to take like three or four more days before it's finished. So you got, so, um, um, hold on, I'm crunching numbers real quick, sorry. <laughs> How dare you. You each can get one weapon. So Esther's gotten her quarter staff. The back's all. The loaded up with quite a yeah, few Zabak weapons. Yeah, the back doesn't now. need anything. <coughs> Esther, if you want another weapon, I'd be happy to let you have my allotment. Since the back has opted out, mm-hmm. he looks at Esther and he he goes, "Well, if you want a different weapon." Say like a rapier or a dagger or something oh. simple. Wait, I don't know if a rapier is a simple weapon. It's martial. That's a martial weapon. Yeah, I'm looking. Dagger or like a light hammer. I know a light hammer is a simple weapon. Because I've got those too. Oh, if I had a hammer. Okay, so he, he goes off, does the whole di- halfway disappear thing. Like, you can see one of his legs from the knee down still in the circle as he steps out, steps back into view. It's a dagger and a sheath, and he just kind of gently tosses it out of the circle, and it flops down and lands on the... Cool, thanks, man. Well, I mean, Celine can use a rapier. Um... So is it is it just simple weapons or is it? It's any weapon that any of your characters are capable of using, okay, but it's Celine. just one weapon. Okay. So Mercer hollers down, says, "I think Celine's been eyeing a rapier lately, so leave one of those for her. She's down below right now, um, and I'll take a spear." All right. And he hops off. <laughs> hops off the crow. Yeah. He, he basically he uh, he. Uh, He's basically set up like a rope system, so he can just he can just you know kind of like slide down. Well, there's tons of ropes that go up and down from the yeah safely for him though. There's netted ropes. Yeah, but he he. Yeah, I mean, you've seen like in the movies like Master and Commander or Pirates of the Caribbean, they've got <laughs> things of ropes that look like giant squared off grid net sort of things. Yeah. So he he steps partially off the circle again. And he comes back, a spear in one hand and a rapier in a sheath in the other. Kind of sets him and... Whoop. I catch him. Because as soon as, soon as they become... As soon as I can tell they go from a partially ethereal state to mm-hmm. a solid, I grab him real quick. And he goes, oh, and Mercer, per your request, this costed me a pretty penny, so you need to be thankful. Oh. 
reaches into his satchel, tosses a scroll out to you. Now, what was this whole blue curse thing you needed? This is taken care of, as you can see. You sent a courier back saying you need something for blue curse. Seriously, need something for blue curse. So, uh, <laughs> so you know those uh, those those uh, arcane crystals we have that we we had. That no, had... I didn't know anything about an arcane crystal. So we had some arcane crystals that had the. We'll we'll say that they had a very temperate you know temperamental arcane explosion, um, and one of them cursed me with blue skin tone. That sounds like wild magic. Yes. Hmm. I'll hang on to this because most likely I'm going to need it regardless. And just as you're saying that, he and the spell ends. He doesn't even get to finish saying goodbye or anything. The minute was oh, up. And bye. Mercer still sits there and he's like, I'm keeping the scroll. Puts it in his back. <laughs> now, that, now that is a scroll of greater restoration. I don't know if I said that already. Perfect. Heck yeah. But the one time use thing, obviously. What? I didn't. Get, I don't get infinite uses. No. You're horrible. Bad DM. <laughs> You're lucky you got it at all. I just happened to remember that. I completely forgot. <laughs> uh, Mercer. You remembered as soon as I said it, though, didn't you? I do. Yes. <laughs> um, Mercer quickly runs down the, uh, you know through the door down below mm -hmm. and goes hey Celine uh Cedril uh got you something gently tosses her the, the rapier she for me oh very nice I can definitely use this clips it to so, her belt and then Mercer scurries on off and goes back up to his crow's nest so the two big things to remember is the it's not like you get a bonus to attack or damage rolls or anything the mithril weapons are indestructible, and you have a higher chance of being able to enchant them if you so decide to somehow get them enchanted later on down the road. Mercer kind of chuckles. Which, I mean, part of part of me makes wants to believe you guys kind of knew that. There's not a. I was actually looking through the books. There's not a whole lot that I could find on mithril, other than mithril armor. Um, the big thing I saw was that Mithril tends to be indestructible. Okay, an indestructible weapon is actually still a pretty good thing. <laughs> yeah, because now, now he can launch launch the spear with Catapult and never have to worry about the spear breaking. <laughs> you got a ballista? I got a ballista. Ballista! <laughs> <laughs> so for the next few days as you guys are sailing you're noticing the other crew members and you obviously know that if you step in and help this is going to aid you even more but the crew members are going out of their way to try to do as much fishing as possible because the closer to the basin you get the less sea life there's going to be so getting stocked up on as much uh, food as you can now is of the best benefit Good yeah. idea. Esther will help to stop <coughs> smoking her schooner and can join me and help. <laughs> um, the uh, the produce and stuff is basically being harvested routinely. Mm -hmm. So any vegetables and, and fruit that can be taken and preserved in some fashion has been. Mm -hmm. 
um, Bolo's been paying extra close attention to the furnace he built that purifies seawater and collects excess salt. Yeah. So that excess salt gets ground up, put into barrels, and is used for preservation. Just like how they did way back when on the, the compass and stuff when they would put, uh, not the compass, the the Mayflower. When the pilgrims first came, they would use salt put, to preserve. Yep. Same exact concept. So without doubt, you obviously guys are obviously going to have uh, healthy foods. Healthy. Very healthy food. Yeah, soak them in water. We have a desalination method, so we're not just hoping you don't run out of water. That's part of what the furnace is for. Uh, yeah, he's distilling takes, salt water uh, into okay. drinkable water. So th this was a concept I came up with based off of Mythbusters. They did a mm. duct tape episode. Oh, yeah. Where they uh, he dug a hole that had water coming up from the bottom of it, took plastic, like saran wrap plastic. It was it was the packaging that the... the um, that the duct, duct tape, tape came in. Yep. <laughs> and he put that over and then put the cup right in the middle of the hole underneath it and the sun, the heat from the sun would cause the water to evaporate up to the plastic mm -hmm. and drip the pure water down into the cup. So I, I obviously expanded on that and had Bolo construct a furnace sort of machine that you poured water into and it would heat up the water, preserve the salt in the container that the water was in and the water would steam up to a vessel that ran down to the side and would drip the water back down into a second vessel to give you fresh water to be able to drink. <clears throat> and for like three to four solid days, everything's going really steady, really smooth. No storms, no bad weather, no, no attacks from random sea life or anything. Yeah. But you are noticing distinctively the closer you get to the basin. You're not seeing as many birds fly around across the ocean. You're not coming across as much fishing. Um, I like that. And on the fifth day, you guys make your way past that key marker that says you're in the basin. About three to four hours come by, and Mercer is up in the crow's nest, correct? Mm -hmm. Always. And Esther is on the bow of the ship. You said Zabak is helping with what she can with fishing and such. So yeah. is Celine. And so is Celine. All right, so I'm a sleepy Esther and Gee, Mercer can give She's me perception swarm. checks. For what? Just Esther? Six. Come on, Esther, perceive. Oh, oh, oh. that's going to be 20. 20? Okay. So, um, well, I'm going to give Mercer a second chance because he's got a height advantage being up in the crow's nest. <laughs> the only time <laughs> he tripped and so like he's like you know doing the whole like <laughs> trying to jump over yeah he, he, he's he got his foot caught in some something he left out of his bag realized he needs to go put it away so he stops and goes and puts it away oh my god okay so <laughs> so esther catches both of these then she hears what sounds like cannon fire from behind you at the same time, hears thunder and lightning from in front of you. Uh, guys. And the ship is, there's a storm at the front of the ship coming towards you guys. And it looks nasty. Like, we're talking 
dark blue, gray, and black clouds, massive amounts of thunder and lightning. Very, very frightening. Spinning, whirling. It's almost like you guys are getting caught in a tornado and a hurricane at the same time. Oh, so a tycoon. Uh, guys? guys? Yeah, kind of. But at the same time, behind you, you catch eye of a series of ships that are coming up over the horizon and coming up behind you, all of which bearing the Black Rift sigil. Oh, crap. Guys, we got a problem. And there's at least a good 12 ships behind you. Oh, no. Mercer uh, peers over the crow's nest. What was that? We got Black Rift behind and trouble ahead. We're in trouble. Hal all of a sudden realizes what's going on as he's, he's like, um, guys, guys we've got a problem here. What are Big we going to do? Can we skirt the storm? There's really no direction to turn. Go into the storm. Go into it. I don't know how we're going to survive in that. Well, we're definitely dead. Well, it's, it's just a big open sea, isn't us. it? It is, but... In front of you, you see the storm. On your right, on your left, and behind you, you see the armada. Oh, I thought they ships. were just behind us. Well, that's where you originally see them, and that's when you begin to notice they've got you three quarters of the way surrounded. Guys, we got to go into the storm. Blackrift, we're for sure dead if they catch us. Um. <laughs> Full sails ahead. Mercer looks down, and goes, "Find the hatchets." Um, Mercer also now gets to give me an investigation check. That's on the edge. Oh, it's not. Could be better. Could be worse. Investigation. That's going to be. That's going to be a sixteen. Okay. Do you get advantage because if it involves the compass, the compass is a magical weapon or an item. Do you get advantage on that? Uh, If it's a magical item, I I would get. with an investigation check? Uh, no, history. Okay. Well, you made it either way. I was just, I was curious. Um, with all everything going on, Mercer looks down at the compass, and you see the dial in no sort of a pattern spinning and flipping rapidly in random different directions. Oh, crap. Well, like I said, bound down the hatchets. The storm is where the shard is. What? Oh, man. I was right. I, I was right. You were right this time. Oh my god, I was right. You watch the back as the, right town. You, you watch as Mercer starts pulling his wood planks around and securing off the crow's nest <laughs> into like this little like gallon <laughs> little like you know you, you you see like a tank that has like that one little spot where you can see through. Mm-hmm. He's like You hear click 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 click. In the midst of doing that, so you've you've effectively obscured your vision in the crow's nest. Yeah, I got I got my little my little slot that I can move as you, I so choose. So as you're doing this, you begin to notice a little bit more sway to the ship and everything. Oh, I need a dexterity saving throw. I'm tied to the mast. Oh, dude. I need a dexterity saving throw. Would I have advantage? I mean, it's not like I can go anywhere. Well, if you're tied to the mast, technically means... that would be disadvantage. Okay, wait, 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 wait. He's tied. Like, I I can't like I. I, it's it's like my seatbelt, remember? Like, I can't get tossed. Yeah, so advantage means he doesn't get hurt from this. <laughs> That's likely of a chance, but given what I know is about to happen, 
We're just going to say it's a straight dexterity check because we could argue advantage and disadvantage. Uh, save. That's going to be a 13. 13? All right. So you notice a sudden jerk of the ship. Like, mm -hmm. even for you up in the crow's nest, a sudden jerk. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. You don't get knocked out from it. But the jerk causes you to whip forward and then whip back, okay. and you bust the back of your head on the mast. Ah, I know I should have put some cotton there. You take a point of bludgeoning damage. Ouch. Um, for the rest of you, lightning begins to flash overhead as the glimpse of black rift oh, vessels no. floundering in the waves all around you and unable to draw near due to the storm. One ah, ship is undaunted right. by the storm, however. As it comes into view, an immense galleon that emerges from the curtain of rain. This ship, the Axe of Cragwall, is the pride of the Black Rift Navy, decorated by dozens of flapping banners bearing cross axes of the king. Due to the weather, your view drops to a mere 60 feet because of the heavy winds, the strong mm -hmm. rain. You, yeah. What you do see is... Um, now that I'm thinking about it, is the back back up back up on the main deck? Oh yeah. Is Celine up on the main deck? Uh, she is currently. Okay, so Celine and Zabak will both. Sit. Where is Celine at? Tell me where you want her. She'll be. Uh, she'll be like right in the middle. Right, like here. Yeah. Okay, so Esther, Celine, and Zabak will see this. Obviously, Mercer won't because of how he's got himself set up in the crow's nest. Um. Standing amidship, holding his crew in line with iron will, is the leader of the Black Rift fleet. Uh, you don't know his name. Mm -hmm. His towering form is wrapped in the standard-issue great coat of the Black Rift Navy, embellished with the host of glinting metals and buttons of shining gold. He raises a red flame flag battle axe above his head, the badge of his office, high military command as he specs like I want it <laughs> yeah as he bellows for his sailors to try to press on overshadowing even the admiral however is the figure of is the figure at the prow of the axe the archimandrite and give me just a second I'll tell you what he looks like oh my I stand firm on my opinion of this. I do not like these skinny minis. These things are a pain to pop out, and they are a pain to put into these silly bases. So let me take a picture of this guy real quick. This guy looks nasty. I thought you wanted me to do the pictures. Well, now that we've got the new setup... I can actually use my phone. And I'll let you guys take a look at this oh, guy. That's the Archimandrite. You see him like a, standing like a... Uh, um, that's what he looks like? That's what we see? That's what you see standing next to the uh, the, uh, the commander of the ship. Celine's like, great, we're dealing with undead. Oh, man. I don't like undead. <laughs> yeah. He's just standing there next to him. It's not natural. When you're dead, you're dead. Now, the one thing you do notice about him, it's very, very vague. 
but you do notice that the Archimandrite is a far elf that's resembling the members of the Iron Chain, which if you recall, you came across when, uh, when you first got onto the Blazing Isle and had to go up against the, the volcano elemental that was looking like a wolf. You remember taking on a far elf that was like throwing daggers at you, whipping the chain around, and finally realized she was outnumbered, so she bolted. Failed. This guy's one of those guys. Similar to the one, yeah, right here. Similar to the party you faced on Ignaka, which was the island of the Blazing Isle. This figure's outfit is one of a scholar and religious leader. He stands poised upon the snarling figurehead at the front of the ship, a look of intense concentration etched on his ageless face. Three dozen additional Black Rift Razor Raiders crew the ship. As the waves keep the ships from drawing any nearer, but don't prevent the Raiders from hurling, you guys notice that from the main ship, the axe, grappling hooks are getting thrown at your ship now. Oh no. Guys, we gotta do something. Um, let's see here. That's stuff I need to do. Okay, so you guys are going into initiative. Crap, crap, crap. <clears throat> so obviously we're only going to use the upper deck yeah. up here. Um, okay. I need my little bag of dice here. There's a better picture of him. Yeah, totally thinks he, he's an undead. <laughs> Is that because of the big skull face? And the giant skull staff? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then... You guys ready to get your initiatives rolled? Yep. Yep. I don't want to die. But, uh, Score one for port planning on my part. Good job. No point too far. Animals. Ah, bam. Perfect. What did uh, what did Esther get? Esther, the illustrious Esther got nineteen. And okay, um, yeah, I'm gonna give it to her. What did Zabak get? Uh, Zabak got a dirty twenty. Okay, Mercer. Mercer and Celine both got seven. Oh wow, that doesn't sound too good. All right. So, 
Zabak will be first in this. It's going to go Zabak, Esther, uh, the Archimandrite, Black Rift crew members, and then who's got the higher dexterity between Mercer and Selene? Mercer does. Yeah, Mercer and then <clears throat> Selene. So. <clears throat> What does uh, what does the back do as she starts to see Black Rift crew members start spinning grappling hooks over their heads? She um, runs over to the side of the deck where they're going to try to get on, and she prepares to start knocking grappling hooks down. Well, they haven't thrown them yet. I know, but she's gonna she's gonna ready in action. Okay, so where exactly over here do you want to go? Just like kind of in the middle, so she, like all spots are more easily. So this done. ship already mm -hmm. caught up to us. They got. They must have people yeah. rowing down. This ship below. makes your guys' boat look like a rowboat. Crap. Okay, that makes sense. It's Esther's turn. What's Esther doing? Uh, she is gonna also. You got the middle one. You got the zero three. Zero three. I have finer. You have finer. Ooh, real skinny boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna go to the store and we're gonna get you some pilot pens that are I, bold, fine, and extra fine. No, I just forgot. I didn't think I'd get to this point today, so. Yeah, these these are these are those fancy people use for black inking. Which is what I'm about to do. Huh. All right, what's that? You said Esther's going to go over here to the side of the ship and get ready to start? Yeah, knocking back grappling hooks. All right. Help the back. So, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay. And she readies an action for, you know. All right. So, it's the Archimandrite's turn. And he... What the heck is your? Come on, dude! You have a whole list of spells. You guys, tell me what the heck he casts, and I don't even see it on his spell list. Uh oh! It's not a spell list. You can't cast it. <laughs> Wise guy. Only you, James. Only you. Got him. Someone has to be that guy. You're always that guy. <laughs> Someone has to be it. He's the designated guy. Did you uh, not know this? Well, instead of using the book, I'm just going to use this real quick to look it up. Never float your boat. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. Um... Sixty foot radius. Okay, so this is going to encompass your guys' entire ship. Oh crap! And I need a dexterity saving throw from all four of you. Oh snap! What's casting? Huh? What's casting? Are you gonna make an arcane check to try to figure that out? I am. Oh snap! So you try to figure it out. But you you can tell he's casting something. So here's a question for you. What's up? Um, how tall is the... Ten feet tall. He's not going to hit Mercer. 
Mercer's all the way up in the crow's nest. Yeah. He's right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so the other three. You successfully stymied the DM. I'm so proud of you. No, you didn't stymie me. You just came up with a clever way of avoidance. <laughs> I don't. Oh, this is bad. You said what? Dex. Dexterity. Yes. So yeah. Celine's just gonna open her arms like. <laughs> Hit me. She got 10. Uh, I, I know she fails. Yep. <laughs> 15 for Esther. That's a fail. Uh, yeah, the back fails too. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to be nice and actually roll all of these instead of try to add it together three times. Aw, thanks. Oh, wait. There it is. Yeah. All three of you take 18 points of lightning damage as he casts Call Lightning. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. 18? Yep. Oh, man. Esther's like, ah! On a scale of 1 to 22, she's not looking good. <laughs> oh. I didn't read this part. Hang on. You guys take more damage. Oh, crap. It's, it says at the bottom of the spell, if you are outdoors in a stormy condition, which you are, when you cast this spell, the spell gives you control over the existing storm instead of creating a new one. Under such conditions, the spell's damage increases by a d10. Oh, crap. So add an additional two points of lightning damage to oh, that as well. Crap. So 20 points lightning. Oh, my God. Well, Esther is like, oh, oh crap, oh no. Yeah, so Celine. Guys, I don't want to die. We gotta run. We gotta <coughs> run. We gotta run. We can't fight. Anymore. Well, that that's your di that's the difficulty. You guys are stuck in the middle of a storm. Your navigation and capability is next to nothing right now because you've got the wind against you. Um, so that was his turn. Uh, Black Rift. You guys have. Seven grappling hooks attempting to fly over at you. That's a signal. And none of them get that far. <laughs> well, thank goodness for small mercies, I guess. That you see the grappling hooks come flying, and the wind is so tough that it just kind of blows them out of the way. Uh -huh. They're basically throwing giant fishing rods or fishing hooks out into the water, so you see them pulling them back in. The Archimandrites just yelling, Get over there! Um, it is now Mercer's turn. Um, As how, a reminder, Mercer is still inside his encompassed yep. crow's nest. Yep. So he... Uh, I'm going to say for the sake of argument, that's going to cost you five feet of movement to take that back down. That's fine. Quick. He does. He takes it back down at this point. Um, and he sights in where how far are the guys with the grappling hooks to us? Sixty feet. Perfect. Um, Mercer laughs maniacally. Oh my. Reaches into his bag, pulls out his bundle of dynamite. <laughs> Catapult. Well, when you need a Hail Mary. Well, he lights it and then catapults it. Oh, 
where exactly are you? Right in the middle of the harpooners. Or not the harpooners, but the fish hook guys. <laughs> um, that is a bundle of Destroy four them. sticks of dynamite. So it'll be oh. 5, 10, 15. It can go 20 foot. And it'll be 4d6, right? Yes. Okay. So what do they need to roll? Uh, they need to roll a dexterity saving throw. And however many I can get in a 20-foot radius. And you're going to hit five of them if they fail. What was the saving throw? Dexterity? Dexterity. They got a 15. They take half. Okay. Really hoping they, they failed that. <laughs> <coughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, that was a straight roll because they don't have a modifier to their decks. <laughs> Six... 12, 14, 17, 16, 8 points of damage. Ooh. <clears throat> and is the now here's fire? the question. It is dynamite. It's an explosive. Yeah. Does their ship do anything with fire? Uh, kind of. Their ship is also soaking wet from the rain and the sleet and everything as well. Right. So while you did put a nice little size hole into it. Be it the, their ship. Does there happen to be any explosive powder within that 20 foot? Yeah, they've got gunpowder, man. Uh, I had a slight inkling you were going to say, ask me about that. So here's what I did you have a 25% chance that you hit a spot on their ship with gunpowder to create a larger explosion. I'll take it. I'll take I'll take whatever percent I can get. All right. So I, will, I would love to blow up. In fact, a hole. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit farther with this. I'm not going to tell you what you have to get, but I'm going to have you roll the percentile die. Lucky lady tonight. 46. 46. I told you a 25% chance I was going 76 and above. That's fine. Okay. First so, shot. So you did blow a nice little size 20 foot spot. All the kingdom come, but you did not catch anything on fire or create a bigger explosion. Dang it. And it is now Celine's turn. Dang it, Mercer. <laughs> um... <laughs> Celine, Celine, Celine. She has three. Is it rope tied to the hooks or is it chain? It is chain. <laughs> Perfect. These guys are okay. iron chain. Uh, what's the range on that spell? Oh. Uh, well, I can't foobard that one. I'll let it go. Because technically I should have targeted a person and they should have had to make a save to avoid getting hit with a stick of dynamite in the first place. I'm pretty sure it just says a point that you can see. Yeah, yeah but I can, like, you know, they're all standing fairly close to each other. I could have catapulted, the, get, getting the same five guys, I could have still hit one with the stick of dynamite too, and they would have taken three D8 points of damage too. With Fair it. point, yeah. But, I, uh... You're right, you didn't say that. I'll, uh... <laughs> Where's is it? No, oh, I don't think I ever rewrote it up. Uh, uh -oh. Rewrote my spell cards. Give me a second here. Uh, although I will say this, part of the destruction you caused on the ship was from the impact of your spell getting cast because it's one solid object into another, and both objects take damage. Mm -hmm. 
him up, man. Well, the problem is Celine is looking really bad. Yeah. Celine's actually gonna run down below deck. Okay. Like she is, she is like smoking. Her hair's like standing up, like Frankenstein's wife after that hit. Twenty-five. Thirty. So she gets right here to the bottom of the stairs. Uh, no, she takes a dash action. Okay, so she's where getting, down here do you want her to go? Uh, she's going to the far back. At the this bedrooms? Point. Yeah, because at this point she is getting the heck out of the range of that spell. And I'll even let you go the extra five to this back corner here. 30 feet. <clears throat> As she runs back there, she uh, she does a quick glance, see who all's hurt, uh, sees that Esther is in pretty bad shape too. She goes, I recommend you following me! Boom! Yeah, man! And she dashes off. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, Esther's gonna bounce too. She's like, bye. I don't wanna die. I heard about Huthel and I don't wanna die. Alright. Um, so that's the end of the round. The ship is now getting closer. Mm -hmm. So it is now 20 feet away from your guys' ship. Um, top of the line is it's not Esther's turn, so Esther can't follow right away. Um, it is Zabak's turn. All right, well I'm pretty rough too. I've got to do something. <laughs> I can do, man. Uh, is there anything I can do to speed our ship up? Not really, no. I think this is one of those fights where we're not intended to win. Yeah, but I don't appreciate that. Yeah. I don't like these type of fights, but it is it, what it, it is. it's how the storyline goes forward. Where's the white flag? <laughs> you said that out loud. Yeah. Mercer pulls out a pair of white tidy or white boxers. <laughs> Waving it around. We get him on a day. <laughs> We might be able to escape later. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to ask straightforward. Are you guys surrendering? Yeah, we're surrendering. We can't, I don't want to die. Yeah, we can't fight. There's no, like that There's one lightning we can do. called lightning took out almost three of our party members. Yeah. yeah. Marcia, like you said, Mercer reaches in the back, pulls out a pair of white boxers, hooks it onto a, his spear, and just like Please dancing stop. in the crow's nest. <laughs> Please we stop. surrender. We surrender. <laughs> Okay. Another day. So we're going to drop initiative. And the three of you all see him do this. The Archimandrite drops his spell so the lightning stops. And he, in one little, just leaps from his ship and lands onto yours. Holy crap. Almost as if somebody had cast catapult on him. Mercer takes that moment to, as he's jumping in the air and lands on the ship, mm -hmm. so he's out of sight of him, grabs all stuff, throws it in his backpack, shoves his bag underneath his little like chair, chair thing. Where and kind of Aren't like you a clever little sneaky boy. And he starts making his way down. So basically he has just his regular outfit with him. He has a spear with his white boxers, his regular spear, not the mithril spear. Mm -hmm. And his white boxers on the stick as he's Coming down with his wood arcane focus. Okay, That's so, all he has on him. So out of game, I'm, I'm going to ask this. What's Mercer's opinion of this guy right now? 
Uh, Mercer's mm-hmm. opinion of this guy right now is he doesn't know what's going to happen, and he's assuming that they're going to get taken capture, and he's hoping that with kind of like stashing away all this stuff, you know, they may they might not find it, and he has a way to get to it later. Okay. That that's that's his his kind of like oh crap. Uh. You said you you took it you stuffed it under that little stool that he's yeah that I've been okay. that I that I've crafted and everything and so he's taken it and like shoved it under there hoping that they they miss it okay because he has all the wood planking and stuff still down from where he took it all down mm-hmm. okay. it's a hope <laughs> <laughs> a bad hope but it's a hope Esther's mm-hmm. <clears throat> like well right. yeah <clears throat> so. He leaps over, <coughs> and in a bellowing voice says, You have the astral compass with the shards. Hand it over. Ooh, wait. All of Merc- Mercer's the one carrying the astral compass, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you said you put all your stuff in that bag. I did. It's, it's currently up in the bag. So you can honestly say you do not have it. My guess is he has a way to discern uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. To, to be fair, he has a very simple. They have a very simple write-up on here, so there's not a whole lot of detail for me to be able to give you guys. That's just, yeah. Mercer kind of holding, like standing there, kind of holding his spear and his boxers, which are flapping in the wind. He's like, <laughs> I currently don't have it on me. Dude, chicken. And he. What is that? My work phone. Nothing important. Moving on. Alright. And you you just see the look on his face, like the 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 fire in his eyes and everything. Mm -hmm. Starts to rage more and he goes, Fire! Smashes his uh the end of his staff down. Dexterity saving throws again. Oh my god. Mercer falls on his face. What'd you guys get? My girl's got 19. I got nine. Zabak and Esther are going to take half. Mercer's going to take the full. Well, Esther's out cold. (laughs) Uh, Esther might be dead. Uh, Depending on what spell he used. Same spell. So that's 10, 19... Uh, 26 more points. So, Esther and Zabak took half damage because okay. they made okay. the saving throw. Well, they're both out cold, though. <laughs> Mercer took the full hit. Mercer's like, You can check me. I don't have it on me. <laughs> I love that voice. <laughs> As his boxers are completely burnt off the, the spear. Now, is that Mercer's real voice that we just heard? <laughs> Has he been putting on a voice this whole time? That's, you know, someone accidentally sticking their finger into a light socket. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I I even walk over to him. As I'm smoking, you can check me. I don't have it. He glares at you, and then, you know how somebody quickly turns their head when they're caught off guard? He instantly turns his head back to his ship and yells, No! And just as he does that, you have to make a dexterity saving throw. The other two are passed out. Yeah, no. Oh, no. What'd you get? 
I rolled a two. So with my amazing plus three, I got a five. Oh, crap. Okay. So the second he screams no, you feel another jerk of the ship. This one's different, though. And you get slammed into the railings for six points of bludgeoning damage. And you begin to notice something. You're not sure what, but... What was the first attack? 20... 27. My girls are out cold. I ain't paying attention. Three. Mercer's standing there with like two points of... He has two points left. He's like... <laughs> okay, so Mercer will see this. The Archimandrite immediately tries to leap back to his ship as you see what looks like a gargantuan-sized mouth start to come up around your ship and oh, the yeah. axe, as well as an unknown amount of Black Rift ships. It just comes up from the sides... Both ships start to funnel out. Mm-hmm. Everybody is thrown into a corner of the ship in some manner to where they're like locked in. Yeah. Because of the gravity now being... The vortex. Yeah. And they get sucked into this whole... Maw. This monstrosity uh, of a creature. And, uh, yeah, you go black. From the, have you ever, you've never been on like one of those really fast spinning rides? I have, but it was, uh, I'm screaming, stop the ride now! But you know how the intensity of that could cause you to pass out? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what happens to your character. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us on Facebook at The LARP Channel. Until next time, stay safe and have fun.